Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. We got a brand new uh, series, a brand new theme for the month of September. I call it the extra mile, the extra mile. We'll talk about it more, why we do that and what that's about. Let's get right into the inerrant, the inspired, the infallible word of the living God that's able to change us, not only save us, but shift us, change us, change our hearts, not just our behaviors, not just our religious traditions, but to change us. Amen? Second Kings chapter 6, where we're going to begin Today from the New Living Translation, uh, David is bringing back the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel, and it's been his lifelong goal. He's seen it. He values the presence of God, and it says in verse 14, and David danced before the Lord with all of his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the Ark of the Covenant with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. But as the Ark of the Covenant, Ark of the Lord, entered the city of David, Michael or Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked down from a window, that was his wife, and says, when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt. She despised him, she hated him, she mocked him. Verse 20, when David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, How distinguished the king of Israel looked today. Sarcasm? Yes. How distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. So David said to Michael, I'll never do it again. I don't want to embarrass you, honey. Is that what he said? No. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. Maybe a low blow. He appointed me as leader of Israel, the people of God, the people of the Lord, so I celebrate before the Lord. What he's saying there is, your dad lost the presence of God, and I'm bringing it back. So I celebrate for a little, look at verse 22. Yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. With David, it wasn't a performance. It was heartfelt worship and praise because he valued so much the presence of God. Finally, I want to weave in Matthew chapter 5, verse 41 from the New Living Translation. Jesus said, if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Under Roman law, citizens were legally bound to carry a burden for any Roman soldier for one mile. Jesus said, don't just do what's expected. Go the extra mile. Let's pray one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart We thank you again for your protection from these storms. 
and we celebrate your power and your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, the other morning, I don't know if anybody else got the tornado warning alarm early in the morning. Uh, I have all my alerts and stuff turned off, but I have my Apple watch next to me, and my watch, which was on silent, went off anyway, 6.55 on Wednesday morning, and screamed at me and scared the crap out of me, to be honest with you. <clears throat> I was like, okay, I shut all that off. I'm on do not disturb. How did, how did you get my number, basically? And I, and I woke up out of a sound sleep. I, uh, my wife was still asleep, and I just said, well, let me check it out. I walked out of our bedroom and uh, went to my office and turned the TV on. And about that time, my daughter texted me. She lives in the next neighborhood over, and she said, did you hear that? I said, yes, I'm up. I'm checking the TV. Well, let me tell you, I, I've got it verified. I, don't, I didn't have time to show it to you today. But here's what happened. Channel 2 News, I was watching uh, Eric Burris and... and, and uh, and he, he was on there. And he, he's this young guy who loves hurricanes for some reason. He's like thrilled. He lives for this stuff. And so he's like, he likes to, he's the, he likes to prophesy gloom and doom is what I say. <clears throat> so anyway, he's like, uh, yes, there's a, hur- uh, a tornado. And, and he shows this thing and it's starting, it's spinning around I-75 and it's coming up. 475, it's about to cross South Pine. I look on the map and Buffington Road, 52nd Street is on it. And I'm going, this is headed toward the church. This is headed toward my, my, my son and his wife and Pastor Lindsay live in the same neighborhood. It's headed toward my house. And so my, I got my daughter on the phone and we started praying together. And, uh, and, and she, they went to their, they have like a laundry room with no windows. So that's their safe room. We have a, a guest bathroom with, that's actually drilled into the concrete. It's a safe room. And so she said, Get, where's mom? I said, well, she's still asleep. And I hate to wake her up, but <clears throat> I got, <laughs> I said, if you got all the kids in there, I guess I got to get her up. So I, so I went and I, I didn't want to scare her, you know, and I just said, honey, uh, uh, we need to go to our safe room. So I got out. So my daughter and I are praying on the phone. She gets Pastor Lindsay on the other phone to check with him, make sure he's okay. And this thing is headed right toward us. And they said, we're showing a, a rotation in the signature of all the weather data. And they're showing it. And they go, yeah, this thing is traveling 35 miles an hour right up that, this swath, right through here. And so we started to pray, and we said, God, we thank you that you are our protection. Lord, you said in your word that the destroyer will have no power because our homes are covered with the blood of Jesus. And our church, you didn't lead us out to build this building only to have it messed up. So we prayed, and I kid you not, within two minutes after, my wife, after I got my wife into the safe room, this all happened in the period of just a few minutes. Two minutes, the, he, uh, he goes, well, for some reason, the warning just dropped. And, uh, and the ladies and the girl, uh, Kellyanne Class, she said, for some, yes, for some unknown reason, I don't know what just happened. And, he, and for some unknown reason, the rotation didn't become a tornado. And she goes, and we just got confirmation Pastor Lindsay heard it first. We got confirmation. They just canceled the warning for Ocala. Ocala's safe. And we were like, praise God. 
praise God. I mean, I was praising God. Like Pastor Chris said, there's always going to be trolls online trying to steal your praise because somebody else in the world is going through something bad, you know? We, yeah, we feel sorry for them, but we can't help them if we're destroyed. <clears throat> you can't, you can't help, help anybody that's poor if you're poor yourself, right? So anyway, so anyway, I just want to give God praise because even in that moment, it looked imminent, it looked bleak, and all the data said something, but my God said something different. And his word is true, and we trust in Psalm 91, he is the one who keeps us in the secret place of the Most High. Amen? So our crossing over theme from last month is now complete. But crossing over as individuals, families, and as a church body still continues. One season to the next, the word says we go from glory to glory. So as I was seeking God for, for what's next, uh, what, what's on your heart, Lord? What are, you, what, are you, what's, what, is, what are you positioning us for? What are you saying to this congregation? What's the now word? What do you want to talk to us about next? And I got this very strange picture. You know, sometimes God... You know, how many of you know God talks to you in your own language, in your own personality, in your own way? So God talks to me in humor because some people think I'm funny and <clears throat> most do not. But by the way, my parents are here today. Speaking of funny, the funny man himself is here. Dr. Bert Perenchief, my mother Hazel just had her 84th birthday on Wednesday. Dad's going to be 85 in November, and they now have, they each have their own stick. They each have their own cane, and I, and I, 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 I right now, I, he's holding it up. He holds it up as a weapon is what he holds it up as. I told him he can practice putting on it, but anyway, he's, uh, anyway, have you ever seen Dumb and Dumber when they're on the canes and the top hats and stuff? I've seen them sword fight now in the house. I, anyway, No with canes. Anyway, I'm glad you're here. Sometimes I tend to get a little bit more punny when my dad's in the room. So just be, just be aware. I'm going to try not to, but, uh, but, but just so you know. So, so anyway, so here's, you know, I believe what God is saying is he's calling for his people to quit playing religious games and commit wholeheartedly to pursuing Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, and expanding the kingdom of God one person at a time. So let me tell you what I saw. So basically I said, God, what's on your heart? And I saw, anybody remember the hokey pokey? So when I was in middle school, the only thing to do when, you're, when we were in middle school, you can't drive yet. So we used to go roller skating every Friday night and Saturday night. That was back in the, anybody from back in the day roller skating? Okay, a few people. Anyway, so we would do at the end of the night, we would do the hokey pokey. And you know, you know, so you put your right foot in, you put your right foot out, you put your right foot in, and you shake it all up. Elvis. Anyway, no. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. Okay. So the so I was like, what am I seeing, Lord? What do you want to say to your people? The hokey pokey, what is this? And he and the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, Too many of my people are flirting with my house. They're playing around with what I want to do, but they're not committed and connected to what I'm doing. He said they're putting their one foot in and then they pull their one foot out. He said they put their whole self in 
And what do they do the next week? Put their whole self out. You know, I love our three-week challenge. Come three weeks in a row and see what God does. But let me tell you something. We've got some people that take the three-week challenge twice a year. And that's all they come. You know? And the problem with that is, how can we disciple you in an age filled with deception and bad news and garbage on your television, on the news every day, every night? How can we disciple you and equip you with the word of God if we only see you six Sundays a year? Or even 10? You know, I've run into people all over the community who have seen the construction. They say, you know, hey, pastor, I'm so glad to be part of your church. I'm like, I don't know you. I wish I knew you. What's your name? Tell me more about you. I, we went into ministry 36 years ago because God called us, number one, but also we're people people. We don't, I'm, not, I'm not a theologian. I love people and I, I love to help people and my wife's passion is to take care, bless people and help them. That's why we're in it. The problem is uh, we get limited by the hokey pokey people. And that's what it's all about. Your Christian life was meant to be lived out in community. Your Christian life, this month we're going to talk about living a grateful life as a child of God and living it in the service of others in the spirit of excellence. I'm gonna look at the word extra, the extra mile, the word extraordinary, extracurricular, extra. Extra means adding to an existing or usual amount. Additional, excessive, or extravagant. And I just described the price that Jesus paid. It wasn't ordinary. Ordinary couldn't save the likes of us Usual couldn't help. Religion and tradition can't do it. But a hard attitude of serving others and being willing to go the extra mile. Now, I want to say something about that. This will be announced at the end as well. But we're doing something for couples in just a couple of weeks. We call it Dinner with Friends. It's coming up in less than two, the Friday after next. September 15th, we have something for uh, married couples and engaged couples of all ages to come together. It's called Dinner with Friends. We have several host families, host houses all over the area. And if you'll sign up today, the host family is going to provide the entree. And then you're going to be asked to bring something and just hang out with some new people. Or maybe, maybe you know them, maybe you don't know them. We're trying to get you with people you never met before. But to get beyond just seeing each other in an auditorium and begin to build relationships for this building over here. So, so, but here's the important thing. You have to sign up today. You say, well, pastor, I'm shy. I get that. But the Bible says in order to have friends, you've got to be a friend. And a lot of people want to criticize, well, I was there for, you know, I was there, took the three-week challenge and nobody, I don't have any friends there yet. Well, did you say hi? We're we're trying to get our people to say hi to you, but did you say hi back or did you grumble? 
Did you whine? Did you look at, maybe we're in a lose-lose situation because you came in expecting us to not be friendly anyway. And everybody guess what they look for. So I'm just saying, let's go beyond personalities and let's, of all ages, take advantage of opportunities like this. We haven't done this in years. We did something like it many, many years ago. But it's time to get back to quit doing the hokey pokey and do the right thing to connect with people. Connect with God by connecting with other people. Amen? Don't just slide in and slide out. That's not, it's nice, but the word is more than just the teaching of the word. It's the impartation of the word. And the impartation happens through relationship, doesn't happen through osmosis. Doesn't happen just because you're in the room. Impartation happens because people get to know each other, get to hear each other's testimony. You know, I'll, I'll, say, this, I'll say this strongly. I will almost guarantee you that if you'll do the dinner with friends and sign up today, it's free. We're not charging you any money. You just have to bring, you know, whatever, you, whatever, whatever they ask you to bring. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be something nice, whatever. Uh, don't, don't bring broccoli. But anyway, you bring, bring whatever you want. <clears throat> bring whatever you want, at least to the house I'm going. Anyway, so. But anyway, the point is, I will guarantee, I'll, I'll just about guarantee you this. I say just about, but I'll just about guarantee you this. Somebody's testimony of how they've gotten to know God that night is going to help you in some way. Because that's how God does it. We're a body. We're not, just a, we're not just a box of individuals. The Bible says in Hebrews, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, and even so much more as you see the day approaching. When the world gets crazier, the church has to get closer. You hear me? Let me say that again. When the world is going crazier, the church has to get closer to Jesus and to each other and be able to build those relationships that keep us solid through all kinds of weather we all stick together. Amen. For F-L-O-R-I-D-A. Anyway, so. Sorry, only three people got that one. In the scriptures, when Jesus said about carrying the extra mile, going the extra mile, he makes this outlandish statement about carrying heavy stuff farther than you've ever asked, you're even asked or required to go. Right in the middle of some hard kingdom principles. I mean, you read the, the, the text and I mean, he speaks, Jesus says stuff like, uh, uh, different than the world system. He says, like, if somebody slaps you in your face, turn, give them your other cheek. Oh, I hate that scripture. I'd like to pull that one out. You know, because uh, so many people, here's why. Because so many people have misinterpreted that to mean I'm a professional wimp and I'm a doormat for Jesus and I just let people abuse me. That's not true. That's not, what the word, that's not what the word says. This is about a principle. I'll tell you about it in a second. But here, here's another one. It says, uh, Jesus said in the same passage, if someone sues you for your shirt, give him your coat. Somebody takes me to court for my shirt. I want to give him my fivefold ministry. Or this, this, oh, this old, this, this famous hit of Jesus. Love your enemies and do good to those who despise you. What? 
And in the middle of that, he says, and if a soldier asks you to carry his pack for a mile as legally required by law, go an extra mile. My friends, here's the, here's the principle. The principle is about legal rights versus kingdom responsibilities. What do you have to do versus what pleases God that you can't do in your own strength that you can only do in his strength? Are you awake? Are you getting that? <clears throat> See, this is crucial. Why would Jesus say these things? Because most people only do what's required to get by. They do just enough, always looking for shortcuts or paths of least resistance, but that's not the way of Jesus. And when they're looking for Jesus all around us in our own community, if we're just doing the ordinary, who cares? If we're only doing what we can do in our own strength, then what's the big deal? There's no supernatural element if you can already do it by yourself in your own humanity. But the anointing of the Holy Spirit that comes upon us that enables us to go beyond what we can do in our own strength shifts everything. Jesus didn't just do just enough to save and redeem us from hell and eternal punishment. But the word says he went the extra mile literally carrying our cross, our burden, up a mountain the extra mile. Our heavy weights. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, he was, he was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgressions. The chastisement or punishment for our peace was upon him and by his whippings, by his whip marks, by his stripes on his back, we were healed. My friends, that's the extra mile. That's the extra leap. Why did he do it? To set us free, listen, spirit, soul, and body. That's completely free. Whom the Son sets free is free. Not just hopes to be free, is legally free. But that doesn't mean we're out of our... So we still do things not out of obligation. Now we do them out of revelation. Now we do them out of trusting him. In the text, King David was expected to act like a proper king as Saul did. Dignified, measured, always regal, and publicly stoic. Unemotional. Kings give the, they don't wave. Hey, how you doing? They give the royal wave. And they look sad or serious. And all of a sudden, David becomes king. He says, we're going to get the presence of God back. And he starts coming into town like, <laughs> and he didn't do the hokey pokey either. <clears throat> he did turn himself around, but he, he was leaping, the Bible says, and spinning. 
You know what the word rejoice means in the Hebrew? To spin around with violent emotion. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul writes. And again I say rejoice. To literally, Didn't think I could do that at 62, did you? His delight was in the Lord and in returning the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel representing the presence of God. And guess what? He lost his inhibitions. He wasn't trapped in his personality or hiding behind his shy, I'm, I'm just a shy little shepherd boy. He said, I'm a leader and I can't pretend that I'm not excited about this moment. My friends, being filled with the Holy Spirit can do that to you. You get lost in the most important person in the universe. Paul the Apostle wrote, be not drunk with wine, but be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to yourselves. Ever seen a drunk speaking to himself? By the way, the hurricane prep day, I went to Publix the other day to just get a few things and and, uh, people were going crazy like they always do. And, of course, they, they always stock up on toilet paper for some reason. I, I, I always know it's because they don't want to get wiped out. But anyway, um, <clears throat> sorry, that's my dad's fault. He's sitting over there. But if people load up with stuff, um, you know, for, for me and my wife, we, get, we got a few snacks. But I got in there, and there was this guy out in front of the Publix by the car wash, he's standing there with a little sign, little, probably a homeless guy, and he's standing there, and his sign, I kid you not, his sign said, need weed and munchies for the storm. And I thought, well, first of all, I thought, I'm not stopping to give him anything. <clears throat> but my next thought is, well, at least he's honest. Somebody's going to honor that. Like somebody's going to stop and go, okay, he's not telling me he needs a meal. He's just getting, he's getting Doritos and peanut butter. You know, he's just going he's gonna, to he's gonna load up. <clears throat> so, you know, in those moments where we're going through things, drunk people or people that are, you know, under the effect of something, they don't have any inhibitions. That's why people... That's why people like to get a little tipsy because it gets them a little bit loose from their own personality. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit does the same thing. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and get rid of your inhibitions, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And when his own wife, Saul's daughter, despised his joy and viciously attacked her husband and his behavior... King David, the man after God's own heart, said, and this is my paraphrase, baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) And I hope some of you remember Bachman Turner Overdrive. Anyway. In other words, not only will I refuse to be embarrassed at my praise, but I will go the extra mile with my worship and my praise tomorrow. I'll go the extra mile. To, wait till you see tomorrow, baby. Wait till you see. You think that was embarrassing? Wait till you see tomorrow. Because I'm going to go, if that bothered you, I'm going to go buck wild tomorrow. 
Because now I know it stirred up the religious spirit in you that wants to copy patterns and formulas but not have a revelation of the now moment where the Holy Spirit is moving now, now. Now, in this moment, in the present, I want to honor him because I can't believe that he could stop a tornado. I believe it, with, I believe it but I saw it now. I heard the experts tell me the tornado is coming and then say, ooh, for some unknown reason, that rotation didn't become anything. And I don't know if God went, or if he went, or if he just smiled and it stopped. I don't know. But I know this. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And every tongue rising against me in judgment, I condemn. Because his word is true. <clears throat> his word is real. The psalmist, the commission that David commissioned, were, many of them were called the sons of Korah. That was his, that was his pastor, Lindsay, was Korah. And, he had, and those sons of Korah wrote many of the Psalms. They had such a passion to serve God in his house that they wrote in Psalm 84, verse 10 from the message. Watch this. One day spent in your house, this beautiful place of worship beats thousands of days spent on Greek island beaches. This is from the message. Say it again. One day spent in your house, this beautiful place of worship beats thousands spent on some Greek island beaches. Now, I don't know about you, but there's some beautiful Greek island beaches. He says, I'd rather scrub floors in the house of my God than be honored as a guest in the palace of sin. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor, how did you start in ministry? You know how I started in ministry? At Super Channel 55, uh, I left the insurance business and started Christian television in the prayer department, just praying for people. And then they said to me, <clears throat> would you like to earn some extra money? I said, yes, I would, because my job didn't pay much. I had a wife and two children. They said, would you mind cleaning the toilets and clean up the bathrooms while you're here in the evenings? I said, I'll do it. And you know what happens when you get close to the throne? You come boldly before the throne of grace. It was humiliating because I was studying for ministry, but it put me just where I needed to be, saying, God, I'll do whatever it takes to worship you, to be a vessel of your anointing. I'll, I'll, I'll scrub some toilets. I've, I've, I've scrubbed some toilets since we became pastors in this church a couple of times. It's not what my, what my normal life is. But I'm willing to do whatever it takes. What about you? What about you? Have you reached a point in your life where you don't want to serve anybody else? We affirm in this church that every believer's call to ministry. Every believer. You have a call. You have a call. I'll do the Oprah thing. You have a call. And you have a call. And you have a call. Every believer's called to ministry. Here's the problem. Most people don't understand what ministry actually is. There's no such thing in Scripture as the clergy and the laity. There's fivefold ministry. There are leaders that are out in front to help equip you, the saints, to do the work of your ministry. You have a ministry. You, have, you can reach people this week 
that would never give me the time of day simply because I'm a pastor. You can reach people this week on your job supernaturally, naturally. Somebody said to me one time, do you know what the definition of supernatural is? I said, what is it? They said, it's when God's super gets into your natural. Well, you quit acting like a religious fanatic and freak and be out there representing Jesus to people that are going through stuff, their own storms that no one can see. Ministry simply means serving the Lord by serving others. Jesus proclaimed that he came to serve, not to be served. And he started washing the feet of the disciples. And they were embarrassed, almost wouldn't let him do it. My friend, there's a real need for body life expressed in community in the local church. We, need, we each need to serve one another in the Lord and also serve others in the world around us. What builds the kingdom is family, friendships, work, school, neighborhood people that we get to know and show them who Jesus is and they begin to be attracted to the Christ in you, the hope of glory. I don't have time to go into it, but 1 Corinthians 12 talks about by means of his one Holy Spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. Verse 14, parts, I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. I, I, I was watching a game day prepare for college football yesterday. Yay. <laughs> Next week is the holy day. First day of football season, NFL. Next Sunday. I was watching yesterday. and They had all these signs for Jesus, which were good. But underneath a lot of them, there was like, uh, but you don't have to go to church or stuff like that. Like, or, love Jesus, but not organize religion. Think about, yeah, I don't think, I'm not, I'm not crazy about denominationalism and stuff like that anyway by tradition. But let me tell you something. The Bible says God wants to coordinate us as his body. And he can't do that if the hand is over at this house and the foot's over in that house. To me, that's the hokey pokey. We're all disconnected and say, we, we love Jesus. We're just all separate because it's all, it's all okay. My friend, that's not what the word says. God takes the solitary and puts them in families. It's the rebellious that dwell in a dry land. You may have had a bad experience in an average church. My old pastor used to tell me, if I, have to, if I had to, if my only two choices were go to the average church in America or stay home and watch it on, watch television church. He said, I'd stay home too. But we're not average. And the church you're called to be, if you're not called to be here, then at least find the place that's not average for you. Because God has a house for you. He has a family for you. He has a connecting point where you will supply something and not just be supplied with everything. A place where you're not just coming in as a spectator, but you're coming in as a participant, that you're building up the body of Christ. My friends, we serve in some things because they're kingdom principles we get by revelation. Holy Spirit shows something to us and then we're responsible for it. We get the aha moment. 
Like when I learned about, you know, serving or tithing or different principles years ago. When you get it, you're responsible for it. But listen, we serve in other areas because we discover our gifts, talents, abilities, and we want to use them to further the kingdom of God. So it's, it's both. It's not either or. We serve because we're supposed to serve, but we also serve because we're, God gifted us in a certain area that helps other people when we serve. When we connect, we need more greeters right now. We need many more children's workers for these new classrooms in the next few weeks. And some of you, you're happy to drop off your kids and we appreciate it. We love your kids. We want to help your kids. But what if everybody's attitude was, well, I got kids. I don't want to be there. That we, in our old church years ago, like 40 years ago, we were in a church. They, we had kids and they said, okay, if you have kids, here's your sign-up sheet. If you have kids, you serve with kids too at some point. So we taught, was it two-year-olds? We taught a, we taught a two-year-old Sunday school class. For a, for a year or two. We taught a two-year-old Sunday school class. You talk about needing to put on the armor of God. <laughs> they'll run you down. We don't require that here, but maybe we should. Let me just at least give you a suggestion. If you have children, go bless somebody else's kids at least once in a while. Guess what? If everybody that has kids in there Helped with kids, you wouldn't have to do it but once every month or two. But see, we don't think that way. We think, well, I'm tired of kids. <laughs> well, welcome to life. We love your kids. Jesus said, let the kids come to me. Listen, my mom was a kindergarten teacher. How many years were you a kindergarten teacher, mama? About 16. 16 years. And then how many years were you in third grade? Five. So she taught, how many, how many years did you teach altogether? 32. 32 years. So she knows that. 32 years she taught. Let me just tell you, being raised by a kindergarten teacher, she was tired of kids by the time she got home to me. But she still had to be my mother, right? So we get, we have to use our gifts. We have to do it. So I'm almost done. We're all commanded to give. Given it shall be given, Jesus said. Tithing is our very first 10% of all of our income and offering to God the over and above. And the Lord prompts us to do it. But here's the deal. But then some have the gift of giving. Some live for it. Pastor Gail, she lives to give. Some have the gift of giving. It absolutely lights them up to help meet the needs of others. Now, now the rest of us go, well, I don't have the gift of giving. I don't enjoy it so I don't have to participate. Really? That's not what the word says. So there's some things we do because it's the right thing to do, and there's something to do because we're gifted to do it, and it lights us up. But the problem is when we sit on the outside and never lift a finger to help somebody else, it messes the whole flow up of the body. <clears throat> Teaching, exhortation, mercy, administration, all those things. Some say, I, some say well, prayer's not my thing. And some people are actually born prayer warriors. They love it and they live to pray and see God move. But the fact is we're all called to pray and seek God's face. This Wednesday night is our first Wednesday prayer meeting. Some of you go, well, I, 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 I don't have time to pray. I don't, I, prayer's not my thing. Okay, but have you come and given it a shot? Or at least are you spending time with God 
praying when you're at home for the people that are seeking God and pulling heaven down here. See, we've got to be more aware of some things we do. And here's the thing. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might. That sounds like a good scripture you could use to punch somebody. But anyway, I'm not going to do it. Whatever your hand finds to do, go the extra mile. Give give it a good shot. Don't just do enough to get by. That's what the world does. Whatever it takes, that's what we want. You know, some folks never lift a finger, never support the vision, never help others. But when their moment of need arises, they want everybody else around them to drop everything and run to help them. I'll close with this. What if you don't have sufficient funds? I'm not talking about money here, but if the heart to serve in kindness and compassion, what if that's the deposits that you make in your spiritual bank account? And then all of a sudden, then you, then, then you got something. When you, if you're serving others, the Bible says you'll be served at some point. You can be served. But the problem is a lot of times we run our, we run our lives like we run our finances so close to the line that we're always overdrawn. That happens in relationships too. I want to challenge you today. Don't just do enough to get by this week. Think in terms of Loving God means loving people. Building the kingdom means going the extra mile. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, we trust in you. Lord, would you help us to quit playing the games? Quit being lukewarm. Quit going through the motions excuse me, and just doing enough to get by. Holy Spirit, would you come into this place and let the conviction of your word resonate in us to go beyond what's normal, to love one another in a real way so that the world sees and knows that we are yours. That's what your word says. When we're loving and serving each other in the proper way and going the extra mile, your word says that people will recognize that Jesus is real, that Jesus is alive, and that Christ is with us. Let your anointing help us to do that today. Now, Lord, I pray for every person who's been hurt in churches. Pray for those watching us right now online or maybe those of you in the room and you've you've gotten your feelings hurt before in this church or a different church. Maybe you never got the apology. On behalf of everyone who hurt you, I would like to offer a leadership apology from my heart. I, I hope I never hurt your feelings. I hope I remembered your name when I met you if I met you a few times and I got to learn your name. I hope, I hope you're not offended or hurt by what somebody did or somebody said or the volume of the music or the style or whatever else. But if you were, I just want to tell you, I'm sorry. I apologize because our intention is to always help you to get closer to Jesus Christ 
Maybe you're one of those people that's been stuck doing the hokey pokey. God wants to turn you around today. If you don't know Jesus as Lord of your life, this is a moment of surrender to say, Jesus, come touch my life. Come and fill me. Give me a new start. Help me to go the extra mile. Maybe you're here today and you need some prayer to connect with God in a new way or maybe for something else. If you're here today, I'll just say this way. If you need prayer, just lift your hand up right now and say, Pastor, I need prayer. I'm going through some stuff. I need God involved. I want his help. And I need this Jesus. Father, I pray for every person whose hand is raised, every person whose heart is open, whether in the room or whether connecting with our online campus. In the name of Jesus, we break that assignment of hell off of your life. We pray that God would move in you. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would come fill you afresh and come around you afresh to help you in every situation with wisdom, clarity, favor, blessing, abundance in every area. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I hope you got something. Let's praise him today. Let's praise the Lord. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.